1: Welcome to Wood Talk, for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it is Wood Talk. What the heck is the number? Shoot. 342. 342. And it's a weekend show. And we are going a little bit off topic today. We're going to talk about the pitfalls of an online business. And this is something that is, it's very ripe. The wound is still open. There's currently still granules of salt being poured in, and it's hurting me, and I need to talk about it a little bit.
2: I'm still thinking about the topic or the title from like two weeks ago, but it was like the fart in the wind thing. Yeah. And you said it was really ripe.
1: Oh, <laughs> da, da, da. That could have, it could have applied last week as well. Uh, so yeah, of which, when that episode
0: came out, I, I kept forgetting that Siri doesn't tie to the podcast app. So I kept trying to make her say, you know, fart in the wind, by <laughs> a- asking her to play the Wood Talk episode, Yeah. and she wouldn't do it because she wasn't playing didn't along talk to huh? podcast. Yeah, it was really ticking me off.
1: Series a of jerk. Yeah. Okay, so the reason this is fresh on my mind, and like the bigger topic here that we're going to be talking about are uh, pitfalls of running an online business, and why this is fresh in my mind is because I've uh, recently, if you haven't heard, had my secondary channel offcuts uh, taken down by YouTube. And this is something that I kind of harp on all the time, and whether it is I'm trying to think it's usually content i d issues that come up when I uh, post a video and I'm told that I don't have the right to use that piece of music which I have the right to use that I go into that mode of my gosh, why am I wasting my time like with this why why did I choose this uh, like house of cards on which to build my business, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is really what it feels like sometimes when you're running a business and you find out that so many other Entities have control over your destiny and your success or failure, that it starts to feel like, man, are, are we going about this the right way? So that there are tons of pitfalls that we can run into. And we'll go in, into detail on just little things off the top of our heads that the three of us who run online businesses, what we think are areas that, that could be for, you know, sort of concern that you might run into. Uh, but for me specifically, my channel was taken down, no warning. And, you know, I've been on YouTube since 2006. I kind of am pretty you know, confident that I'm following the rules. It is in my best interest to follow the rules and to not intentionally break them. Um, But this this is the point that I constantly make is that if you have a business on YouTube and let's say you just came up, you know, in the last couple of years, started making videos, you got some AdSense money, things are looking good, sponsorships are coming in, and you think that that's a business, you're in for a rude awakening that is not a business you're just contributing to youtube's business and Google's bottom line um, a, a real business is one that you actually have a degree of control over and that no one can really you know short of setting your your uh, your shop on fire or something like someone can't really pull it out from under you and uh, that's what happens when you have an entire channel completely shut down by YouTube and that's what what happened to us because again if you like I don't know the exact reason, but if you read the the reason why that's given to the public, it's that we've done something very nefarious, you know like we've spammed or uh i can't re- I can't remember the exact wording of it. I actually took a screen cap because I thought it would be funny uh, too many live shows Yes, it could be that's what it is. They're just sick of this <laughs> weekly crap. You know what it is? They think I talk too much. So, oh. you know, oh, even YouTube is trolling you now. That's right. That's oh, what man. it is. So, I, I honestly cannot figure out for the life of me what we might have done. And it could just be a simple error that they might fix, you know, within the next few hours. Who knows? But, and in fact, by the time, because we record the weekend show early, just Heads up, so you know, little inside baseball there. Um, So this could be (laughs) fixed. This could be fixed by the time the weekend show is being published. You know, so it could be resolved because it was just a silly error. But man, does that not highlight the point of how dangerous it would be to have an entire business built around producing videos and publishing them on YouTube and a story? Right. right? That would be scary.
0: Well, I mean, and the same thing applies to Facebook, to Instagram, to. Mm You know, you name your social platform of choice. I mean, even just sticking with with um, YouTube. Um, I remember I was with an ad network for a while, and I left that ad network and didn't realize that all of my monetization things had been turned off.
1: <laughs> oh, and I
0: had to go back in and one by one turn everyone back on. You know, fortunately, I caught it like three days later. But that's revenue. You know, if that were my entire business and there was zero revenue, that would be very very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, the, at the same time, it's their T's and C's. You know, it's their world. We're just there. You know, exactly. to bend over and take it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> the thing, though. You have to realize that that's the situation. So how. Can you build your business up so that it is uh, resistant to to the ebb and flow of what happens outside of your control uh, and a lot of that comes down to putting more investment in your own website uh, when you 're sharing links and things like that, making sure that you're actually sending people to your website you know i mean there there are strategic reasons to give a YouTube link versus a website link, but at the same time whenever possible, link to your own website that 's the destination because uh, out of I think out of like the ten videos I had. Uh, Four of them, if I'm not mistaken, I also have on Vimeo. So I was very quickly on my website able to pivot and put the embeds from Vimeo and get rid of the YouTube embeds. So now those videos are still up there for people to view. Not on YouTube, but at least on my website. There are some videos that are just on YouTube, my live videos, which I do Mm -hmm. not record. Those are living on YouTube and will live there. And if they take this channel away, those are gone. Uh, So those Mm -hmm. posts on my website are broken. You know, so I, you know, it also makes me question whether I should be just recording them, which adds a ton of extra time to my, you know, already busy uh, situation here. Uh, but either way, I, you know, this, the, that, that's sort of the lesson I've got Vimeo to fall back on. And now my website is perfectly functional with regard to those posts and YouTube can do whatever the heck they want, but I still have my website running. So you have to insulate yourself in some way and have backup plans and think beyond that. Um, so that. Without getting too much deeper into it, that is one of the big pitfalls of an online business is being sort of um, subject to the whims of online services, cloud services, things that you kind of take for granted because a lot of them are free. So you think, well, uh-huh. you you know, it's the free muffin thing that I talk about all the time. You get so used to getting these things for free that the minute someone wants to charge for them, you get pissed about it. Or the minute someone takes something away because whatever, it's their, you know, it's their platform. They can do what they want to do. Um, it's this major problem for you. So I think that is a big risk is how much we depend as online businesses on cloud solutions and services that are not homebrewed, just using services out there.
0: So I, don't well, know. I think the converse to that as with anything is you get what you pay for. Um, there are ways to insulate yourself by using services that, that do cost something. Vimeo is a good uh, example. Yeah. Vimeo is a good example. Dropbox is another one. I use Dropbox all the time. And yes, I, you know, upgraded because I thought it would be nice to have more, um, space, but you know what? Also, they resolve your issues a heck of a lot faster if you're a paying customer. Yep. And they also like ensure your data if something goes wrong, well, oh, you're a paying customer. Absolutely, we have a backup for you. You know, hosting solutions. Oh, you can get hosted through some shared hosting for four dollars a month. Well, guess what? The minute you make it big and you have high bandwidth traffic, they will not even bat an eyelash about shutting you down. Go, daddy. You know, <laughs> yeah. You can pick, pick a shared hosting solution. You can say the same thing. Yep. You know, um. So th- there is something to be said about that. You know, I do a lot of storage through Amazon, and I pay for that bandwidth, right. you know? And if it, it's the same way, well, I, it, similar things out in the real world, you know, if you're paying for a service, that company will stand by you and help you out when, you know, the, you know, what hits the fan. Oh, so w- the,
1: Wistia is another great example. You and I both use yeah. Wistia for, um, handle school and the guild. And there's a good reason yeah. why we pay out the nose for that. And you think, mm-hmm. why in the world would you pay a lot of money for video hosting these days? You know, you could just use right. YouTube or you could mark, you know, uh, on a very low level platform on like, I don't know, like Vimeo has a thing where you can kind of mark them private. The reason why is because when there's even remotely a hiccup or a problem, I get response and I get the problem fixed like immediately. And Uh there, there are justifications for those paid services. So Matt, I'm curious, you're a little bit newer to this and developing your business. You're, you know, spending hours each week talking to two people like, you know, Shannon and I, who I guess in the world of online content are probably a little bit more older school Old and (laughs) are thinking, just let's just cut it it at
0: old. Say it. We're just a little bit old.
1: I know that's what you're thinking. (laughs) You, uh, young whippersnapper. So I'm curious, is there anything in, uh, you know, as you've started to, to grow your channel on YouTube And you're probably being pulled in two different directions in a sense, kind of influenced by things that we're saying and doing, and then also the newer generation of YouTubers, I say that with my little bunny air quotes, uh, (laughs) and and the things that they do. So I'm curious if there's anything you've kind of had to come to terms with or issues you've confronted as you're trying to grow a sustainable business.
2: Um, I think from from the beginning, I always had a very clear vision of what my business was and what it entailed, and I knew that for the niche that I was trying to service, um, the YouTube as a platform or YouTube as a platform was never really like a main revenue stream for me. I've always considered it as a just my marketing arm. Mm-hmm. It's just there to get the word out about who I am. And the idea there was to be able to convert those viewers into some kind of revenue stream. So maybe that's through the um, the stuff I'm doing through, through the guild or no. Um, less commonly now, we're like buying lumber, because I don't do that whole lot anymore. But I still do a little bit of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but just the whole thing was, I'm not going to make my money from having these videos out there. Those are just there to bring people into the world of Macramona.
1: And what a this wonderful fantastic world! Fantastic place this it, is. It is. It's very hairling. amazing. <laughs> and,
0: and then for an extra fee, you can get to the dark underbelly of the Macramona world. <laughs> that's right. The dark net Macramona after dark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so other things that come up when you're thinking about an online business, um, the advantage being they could be very easy, very quick, you know, to sort of to be official, I guess, if you will. But because it's so fast and so theoretically easy, there are things that you can do that actually would be like bending the rules in terms of what it is to actually own a business. And that includes things like insurance, uh, taxes. Formally tracking expenses, making sure everything is above board. So there's all these formalities that you might overlook when you're starting an online business. And I know um, even just the type of entity that you declare yourself. So let's say you get a business license, you make sure you abide by any local rules to to have an official business. You get a employer you know ID number so that you can do your taxes properly. But then you make yourself a sole proprietor, and you think, well, this was easy, you know. And then you talk to your tax guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you start to realize, well, wait a minute, there's a huge liability here. Now, as a sole proprietor, because everything I do, you know, could very well, if I get sued, let's say, uh, my personal assets come into question here. So, you, you know, there's just different levels of things that you need to do to mitigate risk as a real business. So I think that's one of the pitfalls, is that people may not necessarily do as much homework to get all those I's dotted and T's crossed as they would if they were open, opening like a brick and mortar store you know, or a place to physically sell furniture out of or something along those lines. It's very easy to forget about those things. So, I mean, is that something that you guys with your businesses kind of did as you went or you knew right from the beginning, everything you needed to do and made sure you did it properly.
0: Oh, heck no. <laughs> it was, no, a bro- there there was, Yeah, there was many a year where the taxes being done for the hand tool school were being done under my social security number. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until, you know, really getting knowing that I needed to, I mean, I met with an accountant and the accountant's like, well, you know, this is early on. What's the revenue like? He's like, honestly, I think you're better off declaring it as a hobby for the next year, you know? And then it got to another point. He's like, okay, we're getting kind of close. Then he's like, Oh yeah, (laughs) you're a business. Like you're (laughs) legit now. Um, this is what we got to do. And at that point I just said, okay, Mr. Accountant, just do it. Um, you, you're the guy, you know what you're talking about, do it and just send me the bill basically. Yeah. because I." you know I still don't quite understand everything that he did but I know that I'm legit and I'm legal and all that good fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's the thing paying for those services at a certain point it's like you know what it's just not worth the risk. Like I I know I could probably just use TurboTax <laughs> or something but right. I want to make sure my taxes are done properly. It's totally worth, you know, paying. Same thing with a bookkeeper. Um I stopped tracking my own expenses that way Years ago, because I just, I, I, it would catch up like every month or so. I would go in, I'm in QuickBooks, I'm like doing everything manually, making sure it's all done properly. And I was still doing things wrong. Like at the end of the year, my accountant would be like, What the heck is this? Like, what, <laughs> what category does this go in? I'm like, I don't know. I just work here, you know? <laughs> so, so having a, a bookkeeper that can like effectively communicate with you and, and or your accountant is, is a pretty big deal that kind of helps keep things floating. Um, Matt, yeah. how about you? Just you like a, a long, Transitional period to get to be more or less official or still on uh, that journey? Day one, baby. Yeah, you did they your won. research.
2: I, I, yeah, it was like uh well I guess I started doing the YouTube thing uh for almost a year before I like decided to do it full time, but like when I decided to go full time, LLC was formed and I got all that stuff figured out and it's been like that since. Nice. Although I am seriously considering getting a bookkeeper because I'm sick of it. It's just one less thing for me I have
1: to worry about. Dude, a pain in the butt. Do it. It's I the hate best it. money you'll ever spend. Totally I hate worth it, it so much. It really is. Totally <laughs> yeah. worth it. Uh, all right, so here's the other thing, and this is something I still, to this day, kind of see it as a bit of a gray area for me, and that is how you um, sort of formally declare the home-based business as part of your residence, how that impacts things like homeowner's insurance, uh, possibly mm-hmm. zoning in your neighborhood and HOAs, there's a lot of stuff that you can sweep under the rug and sort of f- fly under the radar to some extent, as long as you're not, you know, pissing off your neighbors or doing things <laughs> improperly or making claims with your taxes that, that you shouldn't. Um, but there are definitely some benefits to, to saying, I run a home based business and portions of our expenses can be, you know, expensed through the business. You know, so that's definitely right. something. But I think the pitfall there would be to not be aware of any of this stuff, either miss, miss some of the benefits or possibly overstate the usage to try to save money and wind up getting into legal trouble
0: yeah and the fact of the matter is like just for 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 giggles i mean if you've got an accountant doing your work for you but you know fire up your turbo tax and and do it both ways you'll be shocked at just how little money you actually save yeah (laughs) you know unless you're grossly overstating well actually my shop is 80 percent of my household no 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 you know (laughs) But, you know, that that extra five, 10 percent that maybe you think you're fudging, it's not going to make that big of a difference um, in in the long run. And it's just not it's not worth it. Um, One of the things my accountant told me is if you're going to claim things for business, like do it, like go all out. So, for instance, like if we ever travel somewhere, we rent a car because then I can deduct the entire cost of that car. Rather than saying, well, part of my personal car was used for this trip. You know, and the trip is is very legitimate, especially as a content creator. Anytime I go somewhere and film something, technically it's tax deductible. Yeah. So if we actually rent the car, then the whole thing is 100%. And you may say, well, yeah, but you spent money to rent the car and you could have just paid gas. Yeah, but then I got to deal with the percentage stuff on the taxes and it gets really kind of iffy at that point. Right. And that's really where the accountant has helped me is just by – making a very clear line in the sand into what what is business. The minute I leave the garage, I'm in my house. You know? Right. <laughs> I'm not in my my business <laughs> shop anymore. Um that's it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. The accountant is critical. We for a long time had an accountant that was very smart but was not real good at explaining things to the layman. So like he could get the numbers done, that was no problem. But when it came time to answer my questions about what does this mean? Why am I getting this much money back? Why do I owe this much money uh, at the end of every year? How do I make that number smaller? he could not explain these things to me in a way that i could understand and then we finally got an accountant that was good at this stuff and suddenly so many things made sense and he was able to sort of help us help us kind of develop this business um in a way that was not only done properly but really leveraged the benefits of having an online business and just made it that much more secure safer and uh you know honestly made us more money in the long run and you're talking about expenses that's a good idea is to know have a real good grasp on what you can and can't expense to keep yourself out of trouble, you know, and don't get right. too crazy with it, but there are things that you can legitimately expense that just makes sense and you're allowed to, and that's the way it works. And that's, what's great about right. it.
0: Well, and I mean, we, I know we started talking about pitfalls of online business, but this applies <laughs> to your, Woodworking business out of your garage to, you know, your Etsy store. You know, if you're building stuff in your store. house, in your shop, you know, that's your home office. So it's something to think about. You can yeah. broaden it? Pitfalls of running a business. Yeah, right. there we go.
1: Yeah. And Matt brought up a good a good question that like before we started recording that I do want to touch on is, you know, we don't want to give the impression that everything is negative, everything's bad. It was gonna be a very gloomy show as we talk about all this. <laughs> yeah you know, crap that can go wrong. But Uh. I think, you know, the other flip side of this is that running an online business is awesome, you know, in so many ways. It's just awesome because like you can make changes. For instance, that problem happened with me on YouTube but I was able to get around it and I had other solutions. You can be clever. You could pivot. You can move fast. And a lot of times, Old school sort of brick and mortar businesses—they can't move that quickly. They can't make decisions on, you know, the turn of a dime that could change the direction of their business forever, for the, you know, for the better. And that's the cool Definitely part about not. this adventure—is you know, you're in control in, in most cases, and you could really make some cool decisions and some fun decisions that actually make you money and make your business float.
0: Yeah, I'd say the biggest pitfall that I've run into is doing both at the same time. Oh my god crossing the line from my own business into a W2 corporate atmosphere and seeing that stark contrast and just being (laughs) utterly exasperatedly (laughs) frustrated by how slow stuff is moving and how things are being done. Like, I know it would be done better. We would make more money if we do this. All right, well let's sit down and talk about it. And six months later, nothing has happened, you know, and the, the sheer waste of time in your typical office environment you know, not to come off as antisocial, but like this morning, I, you know, I come in the front door and I my office is all the way on the other side. So I walk across the office and you do your little, hey, how about them Buffalo's Pac-12 championship? Oh, yeah, Penn State. You're going, you know, and you, before you know it. 45 minutes have gone by and I haven't even sat down at my desk yet. And all I've been talking is college football. Lazy. 45 minutes. Yeah. You know, and I'm being paid for this. I'm on oh. the clock while this is happening. Now, think about that. You, know, you think about the sheer volume of wasted time in your typical office environment. And not just like you know, talking about football, but like the waiting around for a meeting to start. Or the, the meeting is going to start in 15 minutes, so I might as well not start this task I'm working on. You know? And then you start thinking about your own business. And like how how I wish that I could have another hour in the day or another 12 hours in the day because there's Mm -hmm. just so much stuff to be done. And how cool would it be if I had that extra hour to do this or like last night I could not go to sleep, could not shut my brain down. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I had to because I had to get up. To go to a day job, you know, whereas if I didn't have the day job, I just would have kept working. Sure. You know, I would have given up on staring at the ceiling and just kept working and gotten a lot done. And then I would have gone to sleep and I probably, you know, I'm fortunate in the fact that I don't have kids. So I would have been able to just sleep to whenever I got up, you know, but I couldn't because I had to get up and commute and all that stuff. And it is it is so exasperating because then I get in and I just see all the useless time going on around me
1: yeah. and I, just, <laughs> I would just want to scream at people. Dude, oh. The, the lion's share of my woodworking education oh. in terms of reading and digesting information online took place in a cubicle while I was a technical <laughs> service representative for a uh, uh, antibody company.
0: I, I had, just look at the I look at the activity
1: on my Henschel School forum
0: and just how busy it is during the hours of nine to five Monday to Friday.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you wonder why, like, we're not doing great, you know, as a country, <laughs> like globally speaking. Um, well, we were having the conversation again we're about all on college Facebook. Football.
0: Yeah, we, we were talking about college football again this morning, and people are all upset about the college football playoffs. And somebody's like, you know, they need to have an eight-game playoff. And I just made the point that you know, look at total. Corporate productivity in March during March madness. Mm -hmm. Now imagine adding that in January, you know, we would, (laughs) the economy would
1: collapse. (laughs) Dude. And here's, but here's the key difference, right? (laughs) Working for someone else's dream or working for your own. Right. And that's what most of us are doing. To be honest, we're the three of us. I mean, Shannon, you get you got your toes in you know both poles right now, but generally there speaking, you. I think you identify more with the the self employed mindset. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You we are very very lucky to be in this situation, but if you look around and see what most of the people who are listening to this commuting to their job right now like have to do on a daily basis, I find it. I mean, some people are better at it than others, but I do find it very difficult to maintain that one hundred percent work ethic because the vested interest is simply just to keep your job. So most people will do just the amount that's required to keep their job. And a status quo is established by what everybody else is doing and no one is given 100%. But when it's your own time, your own business, and every extra minute you put into it means potentially another view, another subscriber, another dollar, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. And I think that's what defines the difference here is you're so much more productive when it's for your own business.
0: Well, back to the pitfalls. I've got one. It's kind of touchy feely, but it's, it's always a constant frustration for me, despite the fact that the world is like so wired and so online now, online business is still viewed as slightly less than a brick and mortar business. Yeah. You know, oh, your little internet thing. How many times has the adjective little been put in front of your business? Oh, you still doing that little school thing? And I'm like, seriously, like. I doubled my W2 income with my little school thing several years ago. You know, let's talk about actual business. And when you, when you start talking to people about what you're doing and they find out, Oh, your business is online. You get that kind of head tilt. Like, Oh, that's cute. Yeah. It's like,
1: I got that you. when I moved into this neighborhood <laughs> where people found out what I did and they're like, wait a minute. So you guys can afford a house <laughs> like, yeah, right. with with what you do. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's you know I think it, it goes back to what we said at the beginning that the barrier to entry for this type of thing is a lot lower. Anybody can immediately, within a day, be set up and start earning income on YouTube. Now, yeah. whether they're actually like an official business or not is a whole different thing, but they can sort of act like a business in a way and try to make money. The barrier to entry is super low, but try to get a loan to, you know, buy or lease a piece of property to open a new business and get the right insurance. Yeah. Like that's, geez, what you have to do to accomplish that is so much more significant that, of course, it gets more respect uh, than, than what people about like that. us do. I
0: haven't tried to buy a house with my sole income coming from my little online business. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely changes things a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, again, the barrier to entry is low on most of this online stuff, you know? So that's you know where the pitfalls come from, but certainly where the uh, misconceptions about how successful you can be uh, might come from. Well, cool. Uh, I think that's really about all we have to say about it. And uh, totally off topic, but I hope you enjoyed it. A little bit of uh, inside stuff on what makes us tick and what makes our businesses go and uh Shannon. You know what really you- grinds Mark's gears? <laughs> Not being uh, on YouTube? <laughs> having his channel <laughs> taken down. <laughs> Come on, right? I mean, this is stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> You got him going again. Yeah, it's stupid. The bear right there. <laughs> Look, I don't have that many subscribers on this second channel. It's only like 10,000. And if this is going to happen, let's let it happen now so that I can go do something else with my time or put everything on, you know, the main Wood Whisperer thing. But my fear is, what if it truly was something that I did and no one told me and now when the Wood Whisperer page gets taken down, it, granted, yes, I have stacked like my the cards in my favor that if that should happen that my business will survive, but I still need it like it's kind of annoying. It's kind of important. You know, YouTube is a platform that you cannot ignore as a video producer. I'm kind of in trouble. If my main YouTube channel just goes away like that is, I, I can't let that happen. So anyway, thanks for getting me started again, but I'm kind of scary pissed.
0: Thought. It is right, scary
1: folks. thought. All right, folks.
0: Well, if you want to talk about the pitfalls of your online business or want to go, why are you talking about online business? It's a woodworking show. You we can tell us all about that. And and you can go to all the different places. I'm on the wrong page here. I'm reading something. You're just totally making different. crap up right now. Yeah, basically. <laughs> just just call you us. You should know us by now. Come on. Yeah, shh, now. Call us on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. The actual phone number is 623-242-5180. Go to woodtalkshow.com slash contact and type in something happy and fun and somewhat ranty. Poke poke the bear and talk to Mark about Please how you do. really miss his channel. <laughs> Boy, I wish you hadn't taken down your channel, Mark. Why'd you take down your channel, Mark? Send him lots of emails like
1: that. That'll that.
0: really get him going. Oh,
1: That'll yeah. be good. What
2: happened to you? Didn't you have a second channel?
0: Yeah, I've
1: right. got a, like six emails in my inbox right now asking me what's going on. And most of all, this
0: show, The Weekend Show, exists because of the support we get on Patreon. So if you want to be cool, like all those people, go to patreon.com slash woodtalk and check it out. Support
1: us. We'd yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, we're depending on Patreon now. Yeah, oh God! What's up with that? Oh, there's the elephant in let's, the room. Let's right not there. follow that's our own funny. advice. Let's develop a platform on on Patreon while we're at it, so that they can screw us over in the future. If you remember correctly, that's why we fought it
0: for so many years because we didn't want to build on somebody else's playground. It's and-
1: that mindset that that kept us safe, and now we're in it. We're in the thick of it, boys. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, all good. Speaking of which, did you guys know the Wood Whisperer has a Patreon account now? What? I saw
2: that. I did see that.
0: Yeah. so if How you want to support kind of
2: weird, a live show that no longer exists
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah please help support that show that ain't gonna happen oh, anymore Sorry, that's just too funny <laughs> right you know it's just just as things were starting to pick up steam there. Easy uh, coming just to go. Thinking, just started thinking, why didn't Mark mention his new Patreon thing? So I should mention that for him. Let me help
0: the guy out. And then it suddenly occurred to me
1: that this well, show that it's supporting. I'll tell you what, the Patreon thing is more of a tip jar for Mark and Nicole. And that includes the live show. Which And if the live show, like if we don't get that channel back, live show is still happening. So it'll just happen You're on, back on the main channel. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to stop doing it. But what if the yeah, thing I did wrong had to do with what I did in the live show? and then I do it on the free channel, and now that goes away. All right, I'm done talking about this. Have a great weekend, everybody.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both,